This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today, big news in the Republican primary has set the party ablaze, and SCOTUS gives an unbelievable ruling on the border. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and yesterday after taking second place in the Iowa caucus with the New Hampshire primary right around the corner, Florida governor and GOP presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis announced he would be dropping out of the race and endorsing President Donald Trump. Here's some of that announcement. Nobody worked harder and we left it all out on the field. Now following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic <clears throat> and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. And so there were two, Donald Trump and the Democrat-funded neocon Nikki Haley, though likely not for much longer. Now, I understand the disappointment, all right? There's no question Ron DeSantis is a strong, conservative, proven leader who would have made a tremendous president. I attended his inauguration at the request of his gubernatorial campaign. I have spoken with the governor several times, once on this show while running for president. So believe me when I tell you, I understand. DeSantis will make an amazing president someday, but DeSantis himself decided it was not the time. Now, I think it's very important to revisit what I said back in May, the day Ron DeSantis announced he was running and the leftist mainstream media attacked him in the same way they attacked Trump by claiming he was all the phobes, uh, xenophobic, transphobic, bigot, and he's a far-right neo-Nazi. Here's uh, some of that show. A reminder that, as Trump so famously tweeted in 2019, in reality, they're not after me, they're after you. I'm just in the way. Their problem isn't with Trump. Their problem is with our entire way of life. Their problem is with your resistance to their indoctrination cult. And make no mistake, Trump is now the figurehead towards which they spew their ire. But whoever the Republicans choose in the primary will be the worst ever and definitely Hitler, according to the left. Which is why it's important to remember as we go through this process together that once the primary season has ended, 
whoever Republican voters have picked, it's important that we all stand behind them because suffice it to say, the left is extremely united in defeating us and all of the traditional values we hold dear. That is, unless you prefer that bumbling, incoherent, diaper-wearing dementia patient currently residing in the White House. Look, does Donald Trump have his flaws? Absolutely. And I've been one of the few consistently pointing them out so much that half of my audience has called me, called me a DeSantis shill. All right. <laughs> I try to call balls and strikes. Trump's COVID response was horrendous and Operation Warp Speed paved the way for the clot shots that Biden later mandated millions of Americans take. He spent way too much money. Should Donald Trump be stronger on reducing debt and deficit? Yes, absolutely. But he also had this country booming before the unprecedented time that was COVID. Donald Trump is not an idol. He isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I recognize that more than most are willing to admit. But you know what else I recognize? The damage done to this country by the Biden regime in just three years. Our country is being overrun at the border. Over 10 million unvetted strangers are now living in the interior of the country, some of whom are just waiting for an opportunity to commit an act of terror against innocent Americans. Our gas prices have gone up drastically. In fact, the price of everything has gone up. There's worldwide conflict all around us. Russia and Ukraine, Israel, and essentially Iran. They're trying to trans all of our children. And if you don't accept that as a parent, they're just gonna take away your rights. Yes, they're literally doing that in several states already. Soon to come at a city near you. They're weaponizing the justice system and the federal bureaucracy against half the country. America the beautiful is almost unrecognizable and his first term isn't even over. And so I will be crawling over broken glass to vote for the presumptive GOP nominee Donald Trump because just as with all the activism that I do in this state in Texas to save children from being sexually indoctrinated by the radical left, I want to be able to look my kids in the eye and tell them I did everything I could do to save this country for them. To me, in my own opinion, which you can take or leave, staying home is not an option. Not this time around. Here to discuss this and more, we have Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America. Also along for the ride, Pat Gray, host of Pat Gray Unleashed. You can find both of these on Blaze TV, also wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so look, I understand emotions are running high right now. Um, I respect other people's decision who maybe come to a different uh, final point. I don't understand it. You sound like a DeSantis shill to me. Um, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know which one you're, you're supposed to be. I or a Trump shill. One of the two. That's why it's like, I can't, yeah. I can't, ever, I can't ever please anyone. No, I'm like. It's amazing. I, I'm being called a Trump cultist now because I said we have to rally around our, the primary person. And they're like, you Trump cultist. I'm like, I was just getting called a DeSantis show five minutes ago. Have we moved on already? Probably at the same time, right? Like, <laughs> yes. It's just impossible. I mean, I, I think there is a, I've said this many times and I only have a few more chances to say it, but primary season is the dumbest mm -hmm. season. It, mm -hmm. It's six months of everyone saying the dumbest things they can think of. Um, and it's because people get really like, it, it's really important, right? Yeah. It's a really important issue. I can see why you'd feel passionately about Donald Trump. I can see why you'd be passionate about Ron DeSantis. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you big on uh, Ukraine, and you know, I could see why you'd be big on Nikki Haley, right? Like, there are, there's another, a lot of people in the primary seemingly feeling that way, but I can see why people would get this way and you get really defensive. Everyone gets their ire up, and it's like, it doesn't make much sense in the end. Um, you know, look, Ron DeSantis is... is he ran a campaign. I think it was a good time for him to run. Usually when you skip opportunities like this to run, you don't get him again. Yeah. I mean, as Chris Christie has found out about 15 times since. <laughs> 
Um, you got to take those opportunities. He gave it a shot. And like in a way, he sort of bet on what is the most traumatic thing that has happened over the past few years to people? Was it COVID-19 and the, Fauci, the rise of Fauci and everything that happened in 2020? Or was it the 2020 election <coughs> result? The Republican voting populace is very clear that the 2020 election result was more important to them when they're casting this vote. And that's really what happens here. It's about two-thirds of uh, Republican voters believe the election was stolen. And those voters in New Hampshire right now in the latest poll are going to Donald Trump 82 to 8. When two-thirds of the, of the uh, population that is voting is going against you 82 to 8, there is no way for you to win. It is literally impossible. There's no math that adds up to that. So, look, this was a tough task. Donald Trump is a tough candidate. He's a former president. He's one of the most famous people in the world. This was always a very difficult uphill, uphill battle for DeSantis. If he ran a perfect campaign, <coughs> would he have won? I would say probably not, but you know things broke one way, and the and that way was against Ron DeSantis. I mean, these indictments, which you know some people probably thought at the time would help DeSantis, did the exact opposite. And DeSantis was very, very um, uh, competitive in this race until the end of March when these indictments hit, and Alvin Bragg stepped into the picture and into all of our lives. And since then, Donald Trump's run away with this thing. And, you know, there's really, I don't think anything any DeSantis could have done to reverse that. And, you know, uh, part of that that's so frustrating to me, Pat, and I'm going to try to not lose my voice in the middle of the show. That would be pro probably pretty cool since I talk for a living. Um, <laughs> but you bring up all of the indictments. And it's very frustrating to hear my own people, right, conservatives, using the indictments against Donald Trump. Because I heard from a lot of people who were frustrated by this announcement I'm not voting for a felon. He's going to be a felon. And I'm like, guys, mm. this is exactly why they did this. This, yeah. is, they, this is their talking point. They did this so they could call him a felon. You know that these are unjust. Ron DeSantis has said that they're unjust. So why are you using the left's narrative and talking point to hit Donald Trump? It just doesn't make sense to me. No, I, me neither. I, the one thing that would have been nice, though, is to have an alternative just in case something happens <clears throat> right. with Trump. Right, right. You know, on Aren't one we? of the felony con uh, charges, he gets convicted. What do you do then? I don't know. I don't, I don't think we know. Um, but I was kind of moved by DeSantis saying one week ago, well, you, uh, Iowa punched our ticket yeah. to move on. Yeah. We're moving yeah. on. Wow. And then all of a sudden, six days later, you're done. You're I mean, done. So what I hope is that he and Trump have made some sort of arrangement. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. Trump convinced him to get out of the race now and you'll have a position in the cabinet. Right. Or get out of the race now and you'll be my VP pick, which I doubt, but that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a great ticket. Um, because it's disappointing, you know, that we're down to Nikki Haley is the only alternative in case anything does happen with Trump. I, it's ludicrous. Ludicrous. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think that um, Ryan... Binkley. Binkley is still in. Oh, Ryan Binkley. That's right. Mm -hmm. so, that's right. I almost forgot about it. There is another Ryan alternative. Binkley. There yeah. is. <laughs> and I will say, that there is a word that we hear over and over again when these campaign announcements, uh, when they end their campaign, the announcements that they make, they always say the word suspended, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that is yep. a reason for that, especially this time. Normally, it's just for fundraising and paying off debts and stuff. This is... Like, it's possible that if something big does go down with Donald Trump getting thrown in prison, yeah. they could jump back in. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, if Nikki Haley decides to stay in this, she can rack up delegates and have a real argument as to why yeah. she should be the person uh, mm -hmm. who is next. 
Uh, that's uh, that might be a little scary. And I would say too, like you know, you mentioned that it, you know uh, the DeSantis people online. It's raw right now, right? Like they put a lot into Iowa. He's a good candidate. Mm-hmm. He got hit a lot by the media. You know, look, for all the things that Donald Trump does, and he's very nice to Ron DeSantis today, he said a lot of things that were unfair about DeSantis. He, called, he said that DeSantis was the one who screwed up the COVID response. He said that he was a bad governor of Florida. Like, those things burn. And this is why these, these, these things suck so much. It's very much like talking to myself or you maybe last weekend or Pat this weekend. When your teams lose, you don't necessarily make the most rational decisions. You get angry, and that's going to happen. I, I, I'm, I will be surprised. I won't be surprised if some of the Haley people don't come back to Trump. Um, because a lot of them, I think, I mean, polling is showing that the, the Haley voters are favoring Biden over Trump. So that, uh, you know, it's like 43 to 23. Um, I think DeSantis is another story. I think those voters, while they're pissed off right now, they put a lot of effort in, they feel like it didn't go anywhere. It sucks. But those people likely will come back home. You know, I would be surprised if any less than 90% of them wind up voting for Trump at the end. You know, you have to give people a little bit of time to, like, heal. And, you know, one way, good way to heal is to watch, you know, Joe Biden... Uh, do all the things that you mentioned in the opening right. monologue and right. and you know g- give them three or four months of that without their guy as a possibility i think most of the voters will come home yeah i hope so um i you mentioned donald trump had very nice things to say uh, about ron DeSantis um, both yesterday and today i want to play a clip during one of his campaign speeches yesterday donald trump uh, congratulating ron DeSantis on a you know a well-run race and thanking him much before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who I've gotten to know, his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a, a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. and in so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. In so doing. I appreciate that, and I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. <laughs> uh, that's Donald Trump for you. Now, I know we do have um, breaking news at the border, so here's what I want to do. I want to play Donald Trump um, in New Hampshire. One more clip here of Donald Trump promising to shut the border down the moment he is sworn into office. Because, again, we talk about all of the reasons to vote for Donald Trump. By the way, I have a cough drop in my mouth now. You're doing it's a good not, job, though, hiding it. I, I, do I look like a hamster? <laughs> um, a squirrel. Yeah, 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 just a little squirrel over here. Um, but uh, Donald Trump on the border compared to Joe Biden. Like, there's no question. I, could he have been better about deporting people? Absolutely. But I think that he understands this time around how bad it's gotten and how the reversal needs to be. He has said multiple times that he's going to shut the border down. His, um, one of his advisors has said mass deportations start at noon on Inauguration Day. I mean, they do sound very serious about shutting down the border, and they also seem to understand the seriousness of the moment. So I want to play... Donald Trump on the border, um, and then after the break, we'll give you some breaking news on the border as well. So let's watch Donald Trump. 
As soon as I lift my hand from the Bible as your 47th president, I will seal the border, shut down the invasion of millions and millions of people coming into our country, and we will start an energy revolution. We have more than anybody else. We're going to resume that drilling. What they've done, what they've done, you know, look, look, what they've done to this country is not even believable, what they've done, especially when you look at the border. Things like Afghanistan, it was a surrender. That was a pure surrender. Horrible. I believe the lowest moment in the history. But what they've done to this country in so many ways, we're no longer respected. We have a man that can't put two sentences together, and he's negotiating with President Xi of China, with Putin. He's negotiating. The, our country is, has never been in this danger. I'll tell you right now. And I'm talking about World War III type danger. We have never, ever had a situation like this. And the only reason the stock market's high, because they think we're going to win the election. That's the only reason. Because that will, that will come crashing down if we don't. We will terminate every diversity, equity, and inclusion program across the entire federal government. And I will instruct the heads of ICE and Border Patrol to begin the largest deportation program in American history because it's not sustainable. Well, on that note, some uh, pretty unbelievable breaking news on the border uh, and what SCOTUS has determined, at least in the meantime. First, we want to uh, thank our sponsor, Preborn. So last year, because of you, you guys, Preborn's network of clinics saw over 58,000 babies saved. That is amazing, amazing news. Thank you guys to all of you who made that possible. So Preborn, for those of you who don't know, Preborn is standing on the front lines of the abortion battle. Their network of clinics are positioned in the highest abortion areas. Often they're like literally right next to these abortion clinics, like Planned Parenthoods, where all of this evil takes place every single day. So what Preborn is going to do is Preborn is going to offer these women the truth, which is an ultrasound. And detecting the heartbeat, okay? Um, they're gonna go into Planned Parenthood, they're gonna be told that's just a clump of cells in your body and we can just remove it. It's basically a parasite. When they go into one of Preborn's network of clinics, they see their baby on the ultrasound, they hear the baby's heartbeat, and they understand that they have been lied to by the left and that's their baby inside them and they are twice as likely to choose life. $28 can be the difference between the life and death of a child. So I'm just asking, I know times are tough right now, but if this is your cause, which I know for a lot of you out there it is, um, and those of you who are parents understand the moment that you hear that on the screen, it's, it's truly life-changing. So if you can help, please help uh, mothers choose life. You can dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby, or you can visit preborn.com slash Sarah. There's no H in that, by the way. It's preborn.com slash Sarah. <laughs> Just a reminder, guys, this is the last week what? of the news and why it matters. No! Yes. Well, you know, we don't dig transitioning, but in this case, we'll make an exception because <laughs> this show is transitioning uh, not into a different gender, but into Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. That is premiering Monday, January 29th. That is in one week from today. The new time will be 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. So those of you who are watching right now on a live stream, whether it's Blaze TV or Pluto uh, or on my YouTube channel, just know you will find this just an hour later. 
Okay. And I realize that there are a lot of you who like make dinner while you're watching me and, you know, because you talk about, oh, I watch Sarah while I'm making dinner. Well, maybe you can just watch Sarah while you're eating dinner. I don't know. Or, or just make later. dinner. Yeah, yeah, just make dinner later. Doctors recommend you eat right before bed. That's the new thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's... Oh, yeah. Read up on it. Um, so there's Large meals, late bug. at night. It's good. There's a bug. There is a bug. That's a very small bug to react to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just deported it. <laughs> it should be the largest deportation program in American history, started by Sarah Gonzalez. Um, anyway, you were saying, I am mm. Stu's opening act. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Back to back, we got studios right next to each other now. Yep. Um, yours is coming along nicely. A few last minute changes I've heard, which mm. are always exciting. Just a few. Keeps it interesting. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Real interesting. Really great. I'm excited. This is uh, these are big changes. I'm excited yes. about it. Yeah. And so we're going to be set neighbors, and then Stu doesn't know it, but I'm actually I'm going to like keep ramping that up, and then I'm just going to move in right next door to him and knock on his door. Really? Hey, still. <laughs> Want to hang out? Um, so this breaking SCOTUS ruling, uh, SCOTUS ruled by a 5-4 vote to allow Border Patrol agents to cut the razor wire that Texas has installed on the southern border. Now, this is while the lawsuit is pending, but you see in here, I mean, we've talked about it at great length on this show, Um, You're watching these people just crossing right over, and instead of actually doing their job, which is to protect the border, um, well, I guess, you know, I'll give it to them. Border Patrol, that name doesn't really indicate whether or not they're supposed to be strong about not letting people in. It does indicate that they're supposed to patrol it. So they are there. Right. They are watching what's going on. They're just, like, fist-bumping illegal immigrants as they enter into the interior of the country. So it was Chief Justice John Roberts, John Roberts, and Amy Coney Barrett uh, who sided Mm. with the liberals to um, shut down Texas's attempt to keep our border secure. I just, I understand this is for the pending big ruling, okay? I don't, I cannot fathom, I cannot fathom why Amy Coney Barrett and I mean, I guess maybe Roberts, because I just I can't I don't put any stake in anything that he has to say. But I just don't get it. This should this should be such a clear cut thing. Of course, Texas has a, 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 an opportunity to defend and protect our border. If the federal government isn't doing it, what, we're, we're just left at, you know, at their mercy because they've chosen not to extend that into literally any other crime. I don't understand how you could possibly make this determination, but there it is. And now, while we wait for SCOTUS to hear the larger case, uh, we just get to keep letting all of these people in unvetted. Sounds kind of exciting. Uh, We've been dealing with that, of course, for a very long time here in Texas. And now uh, some people up in the Northeast and other big cities have started to feel a little bit of that and panicked, right, because they know it's a big issue and it's hard to deal with. It's kind of weird to watch this happen. I mean, you, I mean, once on one hand, you can argue this is a process decision by the Supreme Court. Um, I don't agree with it, of course, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're arguing against Texas's right to defend themselves. But it does put it, make us more vulnerable for an extended period of time for no really good reason. And it also, you know, makes you nervous about Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, I you know John Roberts is a lost cause. Yeah. He's been a lost cause for a long time. Occasionally, he'll be right on an issue, but you never expect it. That's why it's important we have six, right, not five. And, you know, you're going to lose Roberts on almost every important issue. Right. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. 
I mean, and, I, and I, look, I've been skeptical, really outwardly skeptical of Kavanaugh already. Mm-hmm. He's made me very nervous. Gorsuch has had a couple of bad decisions. And now Amy Coney Barrett is, is, is on this side here. Hopefully this isn't an indication of what's to come. But, I mean, you know, I would say one of the premier arguments for Donald Trump uh, coming back into the White House would be those three picks. And we, ha- we have, it doesn't seem like we got a Clarence Thomas out of that group. Uh, it doesn't seem like we got an Alito out of that group. It doesn't seem like we got a Scalia out of that group. It seems like we got three moderate to good justices. I don't think there's any catastrophes there. I don't think there's any uh, suitors in this group, which is nice. But yeah, I don't know. When, you, when you're depending on now three or four justices that can let you down on a relatively consistent basis, it's hard. I mean, there's going to be some of these decisions that are not going to go our way. And, uh, man, it's, that's a scary future. Yeah, Pat. Why is, it, why is it conservatives always do this on the Supreme Court? It's never the liberals that they, that they appoint to the court. Uh, you know, you mentioned David Souter, <coughs> uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, Anthony Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list is pretty long when it comes to people we thought were going to do a great job and then and then really you couldn't rely on um, for good decisions. Uh, whereas, you know, they'll appoint a, a Sonia Sotomayor and she's solid for them. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, they're never going to make conservative rulings. No. Ever. No. And it's just a bizarre situation. I don't know why it's always that, especially when we've supposedly got a majority in there. You would think they'd be influencing the other ones, not vice versa. Well, I just think that, I mean, even extending this into SCOTUS, but I think that it's just an overwhelming matter overall, is that conservatives generally tend to think like, well, we have to be the moral ones and we have to have the compass and we have to, you know, base our opinion on facts and truth and analysis. And the other side, meanwhile, is like, we don't care. We're just going to advance our agenda. Mm-hmm. Like we, are, we That's just what we want to do. I mean, you think that all of these liberal justices, every single time a case is heard, they're looking at the Constitution? No. Of course not, because they don't care about the Constitution. They look at case law. Yeah, they look at Precedent. case law. Yes, they look at case law. And even when there is no case law, or maybe sometimes when they are, they look at advancing their cause. That's all that mm-hmm. they want to do. And it's so frustrating to see. I'm, I'm not saying go against the Constitution. I'm just saying Seems to me like the argument could be made that the Constitution says that the border should be secure uh, or that the federal government is in charge of that. So if the federal government has abdicated that duty, of course, Texas has a right. Yes. I mean, I think you're right in in that they look at the Constitution and case law as ways to reverse engineer the opinion they want. Right. And that's a real problem in almost every circumstance. Um, You know, and that's uh, I think. You look at these, the way this is now, and, and you know, one of the big complaints, when I mean, we were doing the show before, long before Donald Trump complaining about this stuff and complaining about uh, mm-hmm. Sandra Day O'Connor and Kennedy and Souter. And one of the big complaints for a long time among conservatives was the issue here is that liberals basically, it's okay to have litmus tests with liberals, right? Like they can come out and basically say, aren't you for Roe versus Wade? And they say yes. Trump really changed that dynamic because before Trump, Conservatives would always be like, well, what do you think about issues that are important to areas that could concern the possibility of life? Like they wouldn't come out and say it. Trump came out and said, I'm appointing pro-life justices, right? Obviously, we got the most, you know, maybe one of the most important Supreme Court rulings of all time in the overturning of Roe versus Wade that has paid dividends. And um, 
that has helped, I think, certainly in that case. But it ha- it's not a cure-all, right? I mean, I think we were, you know, these are justices that were picked largely by the Federalist Society, which is about as good as we have when it comes to conservative legal theory. Um, you know, you can give Trump a limited um, uh, amount of blame and credit for what happens here because he really was picking off of a Federalist Society list. Um, that being said, they'll probably be pretty good most of the time. It just you don't. It's it's amazing that it's so hard to find an A plus. They don't they don't have trouble with it that. Like, what's their big disappointment? Elena Kagan, who's a liberal on ninety eight percent of things instead of a hundred. Like, yeah. I, it's, it's this yeah. is about as far as they go. And we're always dealing with like, I don't know. Here's a major important decision to be made, and we have no idea going in. I mean, Donald Trump is trying to stay on the ballot in these states. It's blatantly obvious he should be allowed to be on the ballot. There's no question to me whatsoever. He wasn't convicted of this crime. Like, there's a hundred reasons why. Everyone knows them. But, like, you go into these things and you're like, gosh, are we a hundred percent sure they're not going to just say, well, we don't want him there? You know what I mean? You know you're going to get three votes for sure that will not allow him on that ballot. There's no way that they're gonna, you're going to get less than three. Roberts, I mean, I don't know. He's an institutionalist. You'd think he'd be on the right side of this, but... I mean, these are big cases, and the fact that we go into them often so unsure of how many votes we're going to have is a real problem. Yeah, Stu, you said earlier, you said, uh, obviously, like, you know, you want five, but really you need six. I'm like, I don't know. I think you need seven. Seven or eight, yeah. (laughs) It feels to me like you need seven at this point. It'd be nice if we could get, you know, like a Mike Lee, for instance, on the Supreme Court, a Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be eight. Which would be good. Right, right. Eight to one would be right. great. Um, you know, somebody would, I don't wish death on anybody, but um, right. maybe a couple retire uh, yeah. on the liberal side. That would be nice. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, um, it's difficult, even now with the configuration of six to three. It's, it's still, like Stu said, up in the air, and it shouldn't be. Right. Shouldn't be. Right. We should be easily figuring out their decisions right now. Yeah, um, it you know it just feels like everything is just we're we're not on what I would call stable ground mm-hmm. here in this country. Hmm. Does that is that is that overselling it? Is that overstating it? I mean, I feel very very uh, like very shaky, like almost like an earthquake is about to happen. Very very unsettling, shaky ground that we are standing on on literally every front. I like I can't I can't think of one that I feel is like very secure. Like, you could go like, oh, well, the Supreme Court, I feel confident in that. Or, like, the, the economy, I feel confident in that. I can't think mm-hmm. of one. Can you? No, I really, the Supreme no. Court has been the only thing in between us and complete and utter chaos right. lately. And thank God it's there. It's been relatively decent. I mean, this, the, the student loan thing is a great example of it. I mean, we have a president of the United States who is outwardly ignoring the Constitution, going mm-hmm. against it, going against what the Supreme Court previously said, and just getting himself slapped down over and over and over again. Luckily, but the courts are the only thing standing in the way. And, and this is the problem with the makeup of this court right now. You just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know if they're going to hold a line on each mm-hmm. one of these things. So far, most of them, they've been good, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there have been some disappointments, but most of the time they're going to be good. I just think that, like... When you're talking about issues that are this important, one of these times we're going to get let down and it's going to be really, really damaging to the country. And I don't know when that's going to come, but it feels like it's, it's always there. And we've been sitting here complaining about this for a long time. As you point out, it's probably the best we have right. when you talk about pushing back against the left. The, the, the Supreme Court is probably the best vehicle we have right now. We, I mean, the House is in flux. They barely have a majority. They don't have, we don't have the Senate. We don't have 
the presidency. Um, it seems like most of the Republicans in office don't do their jobs. You get the point. More good news when we come back. <laughs> I mean, tell me where I'm wrong on it. I... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. But I want to go back to Nikki Haley um, because, you know, New Hampshire is tomorrow. And um, Nikki Haley has kind of gone into this identity politics where she talks about, she plays the woman card all the time. And I want to play for you guys, Nikki Haley over the weekend on NBC News, uh, blaming her beauty pageant disqualification on racism, watch. We were the only Indian family in our small Southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it, can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep South as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would take two thirds of the House and Senate and was an impossible feat. I don't know what you're implying with that, but what I will tell you is saying that I had black friends is a source of pride. Saying that I had white friends is a source of pride. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black, because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. It's the reason that I fight bullies every day when it comes to racism, anti-Semitism, or hate, and I always will. If I didn't mention slavery on that day, it's because that's an automatic. There's always been the civil war's always been known about slavery well i mean it really shouldn't surprise anyone why democrats are voting for her that mm -hmm. sounded like a, it was written by a democrat that was a democrat talking point that i just heard i don't never heard a democratic candidates say that they got disqualified from a beauty pageant because they couldn't fit in either category. That is a new one. That's a new, like there's been a lot of real examples of racism uh, in this country. That one I've never heard. I have to be honest. That's one. So she was creative Tim, with her identity politics. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. I would yeah. say that. I mean, look, obviously like, you know, Tim Scott has, has talked about his experiences with racism. <clears throat> You'd think if you're going to come up with one, it's going to be a really serious, dramatic example, not like I lost a beauty You don't pageant. even know, Sue. <laughs> she could have gone on to become Miss America. She could have made a whole career out of it. That's and true. they just ruined her entire career and livelihood by disqualifying her from a beauty pageant. Yeah. It stuck with her. It stuck with her, apparently, all, all the way to this day. I mean, I, I also am a little annoyed at the media at this stuff, though, too. It's like, all right, look. <clears throat> 
Nikki Haley knows the Civil War has has slavery as a central component. She's not an idiot. Right. right? Like the fact that she didn't bring it up, you know, is, is had I think a lot to do with the fact that you know she's all she's a little too she's got this George W. Bush thing in her pat, and I think like this is something we talked about with Bush. As she's talking, she's calculating as to what what is this person trying to do to me? What are they trying to catch me at? Mm-hmm. And she's not like like a Vivek Ramaswamy or a Ron DeSantis who are a little quicker on that stuff. Or yeah. you could see her get caught up in her thoughts sometimes. I, I feel like that happens a lot to Nikki Haley. She has the crazy eyes too when it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah like she's kind of like darting around and yeah. like. And, like, you know, I can see why someone asks you, like, what was the cause of the Civil War? You're wondering, like, what are they trying to catch me in? So, you know, she's not, and look, she's not the smoothest candidate in the world. She's, she says not. I mean, obviously, everyone knows that slavery is a central component of it. The question is, what else was it a part of as well? And there are other arguments and points to be made in addition to that, but that still is going to always be the central part of it. Um, I, I felt like that was kind of a fakey controversy against her. There's a lot of reasons I, I don't think Nikki Haley would be the best president out of the Republican field, but the fact that she doesn't think that racism was involved in the Civil War is not one of them. Um, so and that, now she's like on this, like, the, the media is still coming after her for this, which is, it wasn't even a real controversy then. And so, like, I have a little sympathy for her in this moment, but, I mean, that's about where it ends. It's still silly. She does go to this often. You know, her announcements are always like, oh, I've got my heel, and you're, oh. like, it's all these, like, girly, power girl analogies. So and it's it, it feels like she's going to start playing a stupid Katy Perry song as yeah. she walks out on stage. And it's like, I, Republican voters don't want that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, she's white passing. Is she yeah, not? Yeah, no, I agree. I, mean, I'm, I, I, I actually I think a lot of people know. have no idea she's Indian. For a very long time, I didn't know. I didn't know. And I actually, when I saw her parents, I was actually surprised the I, first time. I saw um, a picture. I wish that I could find it, but I saw a picture that someone posted online of Nikki Haley when she was a young girl. And right. I mean, she's white passing. She was white was passing. It As someone who's also it, been called white passing. Yeah. I understand. I know. <laughs> so is it racism or is it unattractiveness right. that disqualified her from the beauty pageant? I don't know. Right, right. I don't know. Um, I have my thoughts on that and I'll keep them to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but as a person of color, Sarah, this yeah. must really hit you. I mean, where, right where you live. Home. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I did shed many tears about it when I read uh, that she had gone on this interview and said these things. I listened to the clip and I thought to myself, so many times I've been there, so many yeah. times, because the institutions are, in fact, racist. That's like, what? That's literally what we just heard from Nikki Haley. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, I mean, it's, not, it's weird. It's a weird approach. When what Republican is. Party are, do you think it that is. you're living in? It's weird, though, because they, word. this is her talking to a Democratic yes. media member. So this is yeah. what, in her mind, she's defending against that. And right. this is the problem. You need to be more central to your foundations, yeah. not just adjusting your message for every audience. And I don't think that works for any candidate. She doesn't sound like a Republican, though. A lot of the time. No, oh, exactly. A lot of times. Exactly. All right, uh, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. I was kicked out of a juggling contest once. Because you were white? You know, we talk about the topic of uh, protecting kids from sexualized content on this show a lot. And I want to play for you Tiffany Justice, the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, on with MSNBC anchor Joy Reid, who just proves herself to be such an idiot. Uh, and with this case, no exception, this time on book banning. 
I, she, I really think that she needs an IQ test because uh, I think she has some problems we need to d like actually discuss. Watch. Saw what some of the content was in the books. I mean, explicit, graphic, sexual content. And I'm happy to talk about some of that content if, you, if you'd like to. Well, this is the question again. The books that are being banned, I want to give you just no some... Hold on, no, hold on a second. Well, no, Joy, but I want to be clear. Uh -huh. No one's banning books. Write the book, print the book, publish the book, put the book in the public library, sell the book, right? Uh, we're talking about a public school library. Children mm -hmm. don't have unfettered access to the internet at school. Mm -hmm. I did a, a FOIA records request, and, and, and I wanted to see what kinds of internet sites are banned mm -hmm. in schools, if we're going to talk about banning, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the subject matter in the books that my are concerned about are the same things that kids don't have access to on the internet. So it, it just feels very hypocritical, right? No, why is no one out there protesting for, you know, free the internet in schools? And uh, Moms for Liberty did bring the receipts in this conversation. I'd like to just warn you, this content is not appropriate for children if that wasn't already obvious. Watch. What is the expertise that you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a book, an award-winning book like All Boys Aren't Blue isn't appropriate for students to read? What, what is your expertise? A, what a tragic story of a young man who's annually raped by his adult family member. So you have incest, rape, pedophilia. Joy, you said you'd let me answer, so sure. I'm going to answer Please for you. Please do. Um, in what context is a strap-on dildo acceptable for public school? Just. Let, I mean, that's my question mm -hmm. to you. Tell me what the context around the strap-on dildo or the rape of a minor child by a teacher. Hold on a second. No, no, no. no. no wait, We're hold talking on. about no, public no, no. school. One, one moment. All right. They never like it when you bring the receipts. No. They never like it. They never like it. Joy Reid, what a moron. Yeah. That, honestly, that's probably like, that's a compliment to her to just call her a moron. Mm -hmm. The things that I want to say... I just, Pat's so wholesome, and I try not to say it around Pat. <laughs> Stu, not so much. Hey, I'm very wholesome. I mean, how dumb can you be? She really is a moron. And, and mm -hmm. you know, again, uh, her own website, <clears throat> which had all sorts of homophobic slurs on it, would be the type of thing that was banned from public school. Right. Um, so that's a, an issue she probably needs to deal with. She's also probably the most far-left media member mm -hmm. on television, uh, she, and that's why she doesn't get fired. I mean, obviously, she should have been fired over and over and over again for the things she's done, not not, not stopping at uh, her, just her website, but also uh, her uh, intelligence level and ratings or other right. reasons. Um, uh, she is uh, really one of the worst examples of this in media. And and look, what a, the one thing I will give her some credit for there is letting uh, you know, the Mom, Moms for Liberty co-founder actually speak. A little she, bit. A little bit. But then she, she shut, her, shut her down. She did. She did shut yeah. her down, but she put her on the air, and, yeah. and I think she was surprised at how good the arguments were. They are really good arguments. If you really think about it, it's obvious. Right, yeah, but meanwhile, Joy Reid, Pat, um, we've got about 30 seconds left after I finish here. Meanwhile, Joy Reid is like, but it won an award. Yeah, yeah. she's Okay, so, so it belongs in front of our children? From yeah. NAMBLA. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he won the NAMBLA Book of the Year Award. That doesn't get you. Right in school libraries. <laughs> I mean, Last word, Pat. And, and that's the thing. You know, it, as she pointed out, it's not banned. Right. It's not banned. It's age It's age inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And that's, they're trying to keep it out of the hands of kids. Can I ask you one question on that yeah. interview, Sarah? Was that her natural hair? A Joy Reid's? Yes. Uh, no. Okay. No. I was curious. Yeah, I figured you might know. Oh, my God. She's culturally appropriating. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Swe I'm Swedish. Oh, I am wow. a Swedish man. And that 
you, that was very Swedish hair. Are you offended? Yes. Oh my god. I want her banned from public schools. I want her banned from every TV <laughs> in this country. <laughs> oh, the American people have done that already. <laughs> That's true. It's no one's actually watching. Ban, That's yeah. a great point. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah, I do. It gets so Sports Illustrated announced uh, Friday that they will be laying off almost their entire staff. Now, not only does this come after they were caught using AI to write their articles, but they, you know, decided to put trans models on their swimsuit editions. And I'm just wondering, this the upper right one, then they've got the overweight one mm-hmm. down below, who I think believe that's a real woman, just an overweight one. Um, and these decisions, so the two, okay, so I'm told the two top ones are the trans ones. Uh-huh, okay. And these decisions may or may not have had something to do with uh, them having to lay off their entire staff. Very sad. Mm-hmm. Strange moment decisions. For Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated, okay, I'm done. It was like the time where Playboy was like, we're not going to show naked women anymore for a couple months. See how that works out. And like, Went really well, I think, for them, didn't it? It was like two months later, they reversed the decision. <laughs> I mean, look, people come to uh, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue for a reason. Mm-hmm. Now look, has that reason dissolved for perhaps other concerns like, you know, the internet? Sure. But uh, they're not helping themselves here. Yeah. Pat. No. I mean. Are you going to miss seeing the, the trans? No. On the, no? No. Is really? that terrible of me? Yes. Yeah. Still not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.